The following program, Living Out Loud, is sponsored by Morton Group, LLC, and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of Newsweb Radio Company or its management. Well, happy Sunday. I can't believe we're we're here again. The week has flown by. I'm Mary Morton, and you're listening to Living Out Loud, and I'm excited to welcome today my co-host for today's show, Shahrazad Tillett. Welcome. Yes, I'm so excited to be here with you. Well, we've got a ton of things to talk about, as often is the case, and... Um, we're going to talk about some of the incredible work you've been doing with the Long Walk Home. Twenty mm. years. Twenty years. It's, yeah, it's hard to. Twenty years. Too. Yeah, twenty yeah. years. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to have an opportunity to talk with one of your partners in the work, right, Ted Bunch from A Call to Men, and we're going to hear a little bit later about your plans for an upcoming sabbatical. Yes, I know. We're clapping our hands here. It's a wonderful yeah. thing when you've been doing the work yeah. for a while. So so let's let's give yeah. um, our listeners, we always like to start with a little bit of uh, background. Uh, tell us how you came to this work. But let's start even before then. Where, tell us where you grew up. Tell us a little bit about your, your family. Uh, my people. Where yeah, I'm your from. people. Yeah. Um, so I was born in uh, Boston. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to Trinidad and Tobago Mm -hmm. uh, to live with our father Mm -hmm. um, when I was like five years old. Uh, And then we moved back to, well, back to America Uh uh, at nine Mm -hmm. and lived in New Jersey. So I say, I normally say Jersey, Trinidad and Tobago, um, and then went back to school uh, in in Boston. Uh came out to Chicago for graduate school at the School of the Art Institute. And so, never left. Yes. So I feel like, you know, very much of a traveler. We were we were um, on planes at mm-hmm. five years old by mm-hmm. ourselves because my dad lived in another country mm-hmm. and my mom lived in America. Yeah. So, so, so much of my background, I think, is like to think globally, uh, diasporically yes. connected. Um, to both my African-American culture and as well as my Trinidadian culture. Absolutely. And that served you so well, it seems, in your work, right? Uh, Yeah. In terms of how you have Mm -hmm. this global perspective, really, on so many of the things that you do. So, all right. So, okay, that's where you started. Yeah. You went to the School of the Art Institute. And then from there, what, what led you to A Long Walk Home? Yeah. So, I mean, A Long Walk Home, the name alone, comes from a poem that Salamisha, my sister, Salamisha Tillet, uh, wrote after her um, recovery from sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And it, it was originally a walk home, and then we kind of put the long walk home when we started to create a long walk home. We really wanted a, a name that was about, you know, reflective of survivor leadership, mm-hmm. art, activism, but really it's this journey to oneself, right? Like the walk, even though it's representing her sexual assault, it's actually this about healing and centering healing and this journey to oneself. And so that literally is kind of the beginning of A Long Walk Home. I began this, um, it was inspired from a project that me and Salamisha created. Mm-hmm. Um, after she was sexually assaulted, I photographed her healing process. And right. this was 1997 when uh-huh. she told me. Um, I was the first family member that she ever told. and. Like many people, when they hear these kind of traumas, they don't know what to say or do. That's right. And I use like my creativity, my art mm-hmm. as a way of trying to break the silence and trying to, you know, you create a project sometimes to like 
understand more, or at least I do, to create curiosity, exactly. to give me permission to kind of go places. In this case, I created this project to be helpful to her healing process. Mm -hmm. um, I just I remember seeing it one summer I spent with her, and even though I was just really saddened by what I saw, I was in awe at the same time of one's ability to pick up the pieces despite what someone has tried to destroy. That's right, and to keep moving to forward. To keep on moving. Mm -hmm. And so I, as a visual, as an artist, was just really inspired by that. And still to this day, I think it's the most courageous thing anyone could do is really work on themselves. And so I wanted to highlight that. And, you know, I, I talk about this as a love letter to yes. her and, um, and uh, just really document her journey process of, you know. And there was a lot of things initially that was... Um, that particular year, my first year of photographing her, um, Aisha Shahiva Simmons oh, was yes. creating, uh, yes. yeah, uh -huh. um, was making the film, the documentary film, No, yes. um, in Philadelphia. Salmis was living in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Um, Charlotte Pierce Baker. Oh, uh, yes. I'm familiar with her yes, as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, wow. Had, was her research assistant. Wow. Um, okay. And so there was this moment of black women working and talking about sexual assault in a way that we hadn't seen before we hadn't seen mm -hmm. before yeah. like in terms of we've seen it in fiction right i think you know color purple different you know right um but we hadn't seen it in these like documentary representations mm -hmm. so i'm beginning this project as a as a as a college student um, oh is that when i was going to say when did you actually uh, yeah, start yeah so it was like my junior year in college that's when you started really working on this yes yes okay i started okay. documenting wow. her healing process 1998. Wow. Um, 25 years ago. Uh -huh. yeah, 24. Uh -huh. I guess now 24, it'll be 24, 24 this year. 24 yeah. years ago. Um, naively, as a sister helping her sister heal, right. Right. I remember like putting it up in the classroom, the images, and all these people started to tell me their story as well. And so I felt like this project was just like, I've never like had art like that, that it was an invitation. Yeah, yeah. It was an invitation, yeah, right, for this... people to share stories in a way that they they needed the invitation. Yeah, yeah. Right, because as you said, so many folks just sit in silence. Sit in, yeah, and I just sit in shame. Didn't know fear like, and the power of the art to kind of have that ability to be somewhat of a you know a help to that person's healing process beyond my sister. Exactly. Then I went back and I we created the we made it into a multimedia performance. Mm -hmm. So the photographs then became a backdrop, um, and I had my friends, my college friends, who were like dancers and singers. Mm -hmm. And Salami, she's a writer, as a, a Pulitzer Prize writer, yeah, that she but certainly she, she is. Became a Pulitzer, yeah, she's, That's she's right. a writer, and um, so she had she wrote poems, and we had these actors and. Performance to bring it to life, um, and we did this one a three-day show um, at my um, alma mater, Tufts University, um, my senior year. It was like sold out. It was wow. just like full of people, um, and then other folks started to come out. Mm -hmm. It was like administrators. It mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. uh, professors. It was. Um, we felt like the larger responsibility, and this is really why we started to create a long walk home. Um, to really that that there was something missing in terms of this conversation around sexual assault, that our artistic performance and project was doing, um, and um, with the help of like amazing people like Peggy Barrett, who was the, at Tufts University, the Women's Center at the time, mm -hmm. emailed all of her colleagues, 
and um, talked about this performance. The Soar is a story writer, okay. and they wanted. Right, right, and so, right. Um, then we started to like, okay, profit or nonprofit. Mm -hmm. and we went mm -hmm. to nonprofit. Right. Um, and so that's really the uh, the beginnings of Along Walk Home. We toured Soar's around. That's right. Different college campuses for about you know, uh, a hundred, over a hundred different universities um, as pioneers in this work around college sexual assault and... Something that is not talked about, right, yeah. on college campuses. We know that. There's been, there's been more work done, yeah. but there's okay. not enough done, mm -hmm. and we know it's still happening, and it, and it goes unreported, and we, we know some of those reasons why. Tell, tell us about some of the, the current work that has evolved uh, out of those beginnings to mm. what A Long Walk Home is now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so A Long Walk Home Now um, is an organization, you know, based here in, in, in Chicago, but it's a national organization. Mm -hmm. One of the another projects that we hold very dear to us is the project called Gorefund's Leadership Institute, yes. where we train young girls um, who are gender nonconforming youth to become artist activists. Those lessons that we've learned as black feminists mm -hmm. touring around the country um, with our SOARS performance, we kind of brought back to this young group of people who are very vulnerable to gender-based violence, That's right. right? That's right. Um, but are pioneers in terms of trying to end it in their community. And it's gone from talking about sexual assault to state violence, police violence, domestic violence, right? Um, and so we, we really feel like if, the, if we, you know, really end those things, those are some of the barriers that prevent young people from thriving the most. That's right. Then we could have, you know, young people to really be full in their frail potential. Yeah. Well, just some incredible work has happened. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the black girl uh. altar. Oh, yes. I know. You just, <laughs> it's, yes. Talk, yeah. tell, tell me a little bit about that before we go to break. Okay. Um, well, the Black Girl Altar Project is a project really dear to my heart. You saw me like lift mm -hmm. up. Because mm -hmm. um, we really, we have currently a show currently at the Chicago Cultural, Cultural Center, Center. That's right. That goes into March 10th. Um, and we're just, you know, it's. I've, I personally feel like I put everything into that, um, and I know my team has as well. Mm -hmm. and so just really encouraging everyone to 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 go and see it. But um, you know, it it is built off of everything we've kind of done over the twenty years. Salamisha first one of the first images I took of Salamisha was at her altar, her personal altar in her room, mm -hmm. and seeing how much her spirituality and uh, has shifted and who she was um, due to her sexual assault. We then create this altar that, um, you know, during the pandemic, that really is about the missing and murdered black women and girls. Um, and it's uh, really looking at different forms of violences. We honor in our, um, we had it first seen at the, one of the biggest institutions in Chicago, which is the Museum of Contemporary Arts in Chicago mm -hmm. in 2022. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's at the Cultural Center, um, which has three different rooms. That and, uh, is so wonderful. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's firmly in that space. It's going to be there through March. Yes. So people should check it out. Um, again, it's the Black Girl Altar. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really is, to your point, a, a kind of a culmination of everything that you've been working on for 20 years. Yes. It's yes. incredible. Yeah. Um, so... Okay, here's one other thing I want to ask you about. Um, when you started a long walk home, did you think you would be celebrating your 20th anniversary at some point? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> Meaning, 
no way that mm-hmm. I actually <laughs> thought that we would be doing what we're doing now. But I do remember us like doing some like a SWOTS analysis and oh, yes. dreaming work, vision work mm-hmm. of like, where you want to be like in 20 years. Uh, Cara Page, I don't know if you're on Cara Page, but I remember us like dreaming this this kind of work and us having a home for Lava Comb and you know. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes and no to that to that. I don't know if I. You're hopeful, really but you didn't know what it might be. No, I don't think as an executive director, I don't think I, you know, I think it was like as an artist kind of thinking and imagining mm-hmm. and envisioning, but I don't know if I thought what that role would really look like. And it's, and I think it's, it sometimes is difficult to separate the administration of a project yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. and the actual um, developing, designing, uh, creating Right. Of a project and that often our interests may lie in one area or the other. But Mm -hmm. as you know, now, after 20 years, you've got to do both. Right. And then you get some wonderful people to work with you that can that can help round out um, that work because you have to do both. I you know, it's it's wonder. You can be an extraordinary artist, but if no one ever sees the art, is that what you wanted or do you want it to be seen? Mm. Right. And so you want Mm -hmm. this work to be seen. Yes. So there's all these other pieces that you have to do. Mm -hmm. Right. That don't really have anything to do with the designing, the creation of the art. Mm -hmm. How did you make that that um, sort of bridge, if you will? Between. Well, just in terms of how you've thought about the administration of the organization. And you know what? We're going to hold for a second because we're going to come back and talk about that. (laughs) We've got a lot to talk about. (laughs) Um, But, well, I do want to hear about that because I Mm. think that's something important for Mm -hmm. arts organizations. Mm -hmm. But arts organizations that are are focused on a larger issue, a larger challenge, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. It's very different than we're an arts organization. You know, you're an arts organization with a particular mission Mm -hmm. um, addressing uh, a topic that people would rather not talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so we're going to yeah. be back in just That's a moment. True. This is, yeah, this is a serious topic, y'all. Um, one that is really important to me, one that I've worked on for many years. And um, we're going to continue our conversation um, in just a moment. You're listening to Living Out Loud, and we're back in a moment. Gina Torres. 
And when I'm in Chicago, I listen to Mary Morton on WCPT 820 AM. Thank you so much, Gina. We have a wonderful interview coming up with Gina Torres uh, in just a couple weeks. She is lovely. So welcome back. Um, welcome back to Living Out Loud. I'm here with Jarazad Tillett co-host. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have these conversations with you. Really important, serious conversations. So a little bit of a a detour for us on Living Out Loud. But um, I've, you know, watched your work, appreciated your work, supported your work for so long that I'm happy to have you here. Um, We're going to take a little detour Mm -hmm. uh, and talk a little bit about... um, this is where we call it the, you know, what's the 411 and talk about some things that have been in the news. um, And you know, this is award season, right? Mm. So with all the work you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, and you're getting ready to go on sabbatical, which you're also going to talk about, <laughs> um, have you had a chance to see any of the the nominated awards? Have you seen the Color Purple, for instance? Yeah. Um, you know, mm. I'm always waiting for everyone black. Yes, okay. You and Issa Rae and all <laughs> of us. Yes, Rae that's right. Always. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yes, I saw the Color Purple twice. Okay, okay. I saw... The current version, the one that's out right now. Oh, yes, the movies. Okay, the the movie version. Yes, I got to see it. Oh, that's right. Tell us about that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think think, um, someone was trying to spell your name, as I recall. (laughs) Yes, I got to see it. Salamisha, who is my sister, who wrote a book around... um, uh, in search of the color purple, yes, uh, got to landed a great interview um, with the cast of the new film, The Color Purple, and ours truly, Oprah Winfrey. Yes. Um, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I got to. I when once I heard it, I flew. I love that you said it. I'm I'm going right I'm now. Going, you, I'm I'm booking a ticket. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> you have an interview. I have to witness. Okay. <laughs> um, so I flew to New York City um, and watched the film, and then they had a, oh, a okay. conversation okay. which she mm-hmm. moderated after. But right before she went on stage. Salamisha whispered to me, she's like, everybody has their entourage. She's like, you can come, come share, come share. Uh-huh, she's like, come uh-huh, see it. Uh-huh. And then I go in the hallway and then Salamisha's name is like, Salamisha! <laughs> I wish, I wish I had it. a camera because I was like, oh my God, wait, she did the Oprah thing. Uh, and then Salamisha was, and I was like taking pictures of like, you know, I'm a professional photographer uh-huh. um, and it was like nervous uh-huh. you know? uh-huh. and, like Oprah was like instructing me um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, like she's like she's like she's a photographer and I'm like yeah I know I'm nervous because it's because it's Oprah, Oprah. okay and then, hello and then Oprah's like oh this is my sister Shahrazad and she goes how do you spell that you know, and I'm like spelling my name, you know, and I have all these things like I want to like tell her, but I'm like spelling my name S-C-H, you know, <laughs> by the time I get to E, she's gone. They have to be gone and ushered to the stage. I was oh like, I'm God. from Chicago. I know. I we have a connection Chicago. there. No. You know, like, um, yeah. So uh, it was it was definitely the highlight to kind of witness and watch the film, mm-hmm. and this version of the film, this musical version of the film, which I didn't get the chance to see the musical. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed seeing full characters. Right. 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 I feel like, you know, um, I think the musical, I think because, you know, like our past of doing um, uh, music and and around sexual assault Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, I think it allows, it it was like true to, I think, what black people go through where it's, we're fuller than our trauma. 
Yes. You know, I think. And more. That's and so more. much more than the and trauma. And we have moments of lightness and joy. And I was like, as I do this heavy work, as we're talking about, we're such a light organization at the same time. Like, I bring humor. Mm-hmm. I bring black girl play. And so, I don't know, the color purple just fed a version that I felt familiar with, which was around uh, a joy and healing and understanding these characters in a more dimensional type of way. Right, right. Well, unfortunately, what I'm hearing, I think we were talking about this before um, we went on air, that it it has not continued. I mean, they blew it out of the water on, you know, the um, opening day, right, for Christmas. Christmas. Uh, And I just have to say, I've never seen uh, more promotions before a Mm. film um, and gosh, Oprah was in it. She she yeah. was in it again yeah. and again and again. And they really, I mean, they were everywhere for that show, um, for that for the film. What mm-hmm. do you think about another film that has gotten a lot of a lot of uh, heat and traction? And that's Barbie. Yeah, um, I remember Fantasia. I heard Fantasia said, "I wanted people to show up for the color purple oh, in purple, uh-huh. like they did pink for, in for pink. Barbie." Barbie and that that actually is really true because people didn't the same way right yeah like, it was like yeah. a moment of that's very interesting yeah, um, and wh- yeah yeah like even I wore pink uh-huh, <laughs> like, uh-huh. when yeah. I went to see yeah. uh, Barbie you know I mean, really I'm, I'm not surprised that because I got the sense we were talking earlier you yeah. you weren't you know like it's okay yeah but it's not you do you, you feel like more is being made of barbie than was really there from your perspective i, def- I mean i think superb for the marketing yes I oh think my goodness superb. you're talking about marketing uh-huh. i think that is an oscar nomination yeah, well, in itself yeah well mattel uh, yes i mean they did, put, did some work on that they, yes they, i mean it was great timing this summer mm-hmm. what else was there really mm-hmm. to see um but yeah, I think it's more. You know, I'm gonna say it's it's bigger than than what it is. It's it's more hyped than anything, and um, and I do. You know, I I fell in love with like the uh, Ken, which I don't think you're supposed to fall in love with Ken. In oh the, really? In the I think that's very to, interesting. Barbie, but so Ryan Gosling, you fell in I love with lo- Ryan Gosling, and I was actually wow. disappointed with Issa Rae's role. It was so small. I, I felt like I thought she had a bigger role, mm-hmm. like, you mm-hmm. know. So, mm-hmm. I but also, it was extraordinarily yeah. uh, diverse cast. It was a diverse. I mean, I, whenever you have a trans person scene. in a role and they are not playing a trans person, I think okay, winning. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so yeah, and yeah, and the and, yeah. the and the messages that they yeah. were really sharing, yeah. I thought, how did that get even get past Mattel? I, I actually yeah. I was surprised yeah. at that. I was yeah. very surprised. It's very straightforward, but yes, it, you know, yeah, patriarchy, mm-hmm. you know, is mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you just not sure how you leave the ending, and you don't know how you feel about the right. when. Right. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean. I guess yeah. I thought it was an important message. Message. Exactly. I, I, an important message. Anything else you've seen that's coming up now? You know, um, one of my favorite actors who we don't know. We don't know if he's going to be nominated uh, mm. for an Oscar, but he was nominated for Golden Globe, and that's Coleman Domingo. Okay. And for Rustin, yeah. um, have you seen Rustin yet? No, I have not. Check it out, please, okay. please. Okay. I want to okay. encourage people to go and see <laughs> yeah. Rustin. Yeah. Um, the reason why a lot of folks don't know anything about Rustin is because he was really ostracized, even though he was the architect. Architect of the March on Washington. Uh, mm-hmm. He was ostracized because he was a black gay man. And mm-hmm. it was like, we cannot have you and Dr. King even on the same platform, although they did. Um, mm-hmm. He eventually left because he was really being pushed out because he was, you know, they they understood after a while that he was gay. And even though he was an extraordinary um, organizer, that 
they just couldn't have that um, because there were going to be, you know, there were rumors that maybe something was going on with him and Martin Luther King or mm. other folks. I mean, just the ways yes. that people will uh, go after someone yeah. when uh, they don't fall into line with what you think is appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. When people become judgmental. So I want to encourage everyone oh, to yeah. see um, to see Rustin. Anything else that's been nominated that you've seen? Because I am woefully behind. I yeah. have to say, we we try to catch up sometimes, but. I, I'm I'm behind. Yeah, I'm very much behind um, in a lot of the films. I feel like I'm just getting my way back into the movies. Well, you know what? You're going on sabbatical, <laughs> and you're going to have a lot of time yeah, to do all true. kinds of things. And watching movies might be one of them. Okay? You might be able to catch yeah. up. I mean, American fiction yeah. is supposed to be wonderful. Yeah. May, December, we were both saying, eh. A little concerned about the topic yeah. of May, December, in terms of the relationship with the yes. teacher and a, oh. a student in oh, elementary gosh. school, that, which that. is based on a, a real story. Oh. Um, yeah. You know, want to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Lily Gladstone won uh, for Best Actress um, mm-hmm. in, for the uh, Golden Globe. So lots of really yeah. wonderful films out there, uh, films that are really um telling stories that we have not heard before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check them out. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, uh, Tuesday is Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday be, that's right. So next yeah. week we'll talk a little bit about who mm-hmm. actually was nominated. Yeah. Uh, but so much to see uh, and and to support, actually, as well. Ava, because Ava's film. Ava, yeah. Origin has Origin. opened. That's right. Yeah, that's that right. Seems, that's another film you should see. Yeah. Check yeah. that out. Lots yeah. to see, y'all. So I hope you make it out to the movies because it's a, it's a great way to uh, spend the afternoon. You're listening to Living Out Loud, and we're going to be back back in just a moment. Out Loud. And here's a little bit about Morton Group, the sponsor of my show. Morton Group is a national consulting firm working with nonprofits, foundations, for-profits, and government entities. Our work helps organizations expand and deepen their impact by working on equity initiatives and executive placements, among other areas of focus. Reach out to us at info at mortongroup.com with any questions. And don't forget to listen in on Sundays at 1 p.m. on WCPT 820 a.m. And we are back. Welcome back to Living Out Loud. 
um, excited to have my co-host here today, Shahrazad Telat, who is doing extraordinary work uh, with an organization called A Long Walk Home. And we've been talking about the work, um, how important it is to heal, right, yeah, yeah. when people mm -hmm. um, have uh, gone through extraordinarily traumatic uh, experiences. And right now, um, we are going to welcome one of your community partners, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. in the last month or so, there's been an extraordinary announcement, and I'm not going to steal any of that thunder, um, but we are excited to welcome Ted Bunch from A Call to Men. Hello, Ted. Hello, Mary. Thank you so much. Hello, Shahrazad, and um, all of your listening audience. I appreciate being on the call with you. Thank you so much. We're excited to have you here, and I'm going to bounce it right over to you, Shahrazad. Hi, Ted. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, sister. How are you? I'm well. I'm so excited that you're joining us today, and we get to talk about some incredible work that we've been doing, and you're one of my partners. I've been partnering up with you guys for about 10 years and I'm just so excited to have mm -hmm. you on this call. Can you talk a little bit, Ted, about your organization, A Call to Men? Of course. Yeah. Um, so, A Call to Men, so we're a national organization similarly to A Long Walk Home and A Call to Men educates men and boys all over the world, actually, uh, on healthy respect for manhood, embracing and promoting a healthy respect for manhood prevents all forms of violence uh, uh, of uh, gender-based violence. So we do this work through the lens of healthy masculinity, knowing that as we increase and promote a healthy man and healthy masculinity, we automatically decrease and prevent domestic violence, sexual assault, bullying, homophobia, gun violence, and many other social ills. So um, mm -hmm. we do this through a lens of love for men. It's an invitation and not an indictment. It's about calling men in and not so much about calling them out. Mm -hmm. While they certainly need to be Held, we certainly need to be held accountable. Um, so, and we're uh, a leading men's organization doing this work from elementary school to professional sports leagues to corporate America. Incredible. I love that you use the term an invitation, not an indictment, because mm -hmm. as, of course, we all know so often when there's an opportunity to talk to uh, folks about these topics, it is from a place of judgment. And um, mm -hmm. I, I've watched some of your um, videos on YouTube, and, and you are definitely coming about it from a very different uh, perspective. How did you personally come to this work, Ted? Mm. Uh, thank you for that, Mary. Well, um, so the original vision for the organization, so we are... Um, uh, about as, uh, been in existence for about as long as a long walk home has. A long walk home just celebrating its 20th year. Right. We just our uh, 21st year, 21st. which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, both organizations really. The longevity, the impact, it's really quite remarkable mm. um, to have these organizations doing the work that we do in the way that we do it, and um, to have such a um, such an impact. Um, but 21 or so years ago. Um, I was working in actually with domestic violence offenders. I was running the largest domestic violence program in the country in New York mm -hmm. City for um, batterers, men who were arrested for violating of detection, um, uh, um, uh, physical violence, um, and anything around domestic violence. And, um, and these were primarily, of course, brown and black men and financially poor men because that's what's represented in the criminal legal system, um, where um, we, you know many white men would, would get alternative um, um, consequences that were involved in uh, any kind of legal issue. Um, but that's beside the point because whether we look at all communities, 
black, brown, white communities, any, any community at all, when we look at that community, we have to look at it from this lens. And this is the, the, the vision that the other co-founder came to me with, Tony Porter. He was the original visionary for a call to me. Mm. That while we know that most violence against women, overwhelming the violence against women and girls is men's violence, that's a fact. But what's also mm-hmm. true is that most men are not violent, but we're silent about those that are. And that mm. silence is as much of a problem as the violence and abuse is. So let's speak to the silence. Because that's really what's moving this engine. In other words, those men who are doing sexual assaults, those men who are committing domestic violence, those men have been taught. This is not about um, issues that men, uh, anger management issues, issues that men can't control their behaviors. It's actually that we've been taught that women and girls, and this is collective socialization, not just some men, this is all men in a patriarchal, male-dominated society. We've all been taught that women and girls have less value than men and boys, that women on some level are the property of men, and that women and girls are sexual objects. So we've all been taught that. So we can't just single out this man and that man mm-hmm. when we've all been part of the problem, right? That it's not about, like, we, we wouldn't use the term toxic masculinity because masculinity is not toxic, and we're not going to mm-hmm. separate good guys bad guys, because we're all, we're all swimming in the same water in the same way when we look at race, the racism, right? That there's so much, so many layers to it that no one who is white escapes That's right. racism, mm-hmm. right? And the same That's thing right. here as far as mm-hmm. being, being men. So we wanted to speak to the silence and go upstream to prevent these things from happening in the first place, which means looking at manhood and masculinity. Yeah, I really like the fact that you talk about speaking to the silence. Because, exactly. You know, it brings us to like our work together, you know, around um, why we created this uh, Courage Fund. You want to talk? Well, I guess I could talk more about like how that came about. <laughs> and we could we could both uh, talk about what we're doing together. Um, I mean, I've, one of the things that was so silent um, was for so long uh, that brought us here was the, the case around R. Kelly. Yes. Uh, three decades of just Unbelievable. silence, That's you right. know, That's right. um, around this issue. And um, and if it wasn't for Me Too, if it wasn't for Mute R. Kelly, all these, uh, the survivors um, who came forward, the activists um, on the ground um, to really break these silences and the journalists as well. Greg oh, Cott, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so many people here in mm-hmm. Chicago. Um, but there's an overwhelmingly amount of silence around uh, gender-based violence, particularly the reason why we got involved with the case and uh, uh, surviving R. Kelly, the, the yes. documentary, mm-hmm. or the consultants, was because it represented one of the longest cases, but also overwhelmingly amount of silence around it. Um, yes. And so, yeah, um, I know that Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, during the, the, the criminal cases, the federal criminal cases that came forward, was just really overwhelmed with the silence and not knowing what, uh, wanting to do something about it. He had a, a residency at the Apollo. Um, and one of our um, artist advisors uh, um, suggested a long walk home um, to connect. And so it was interesting, like this connection of like having a residency, wanting to do something more with the entertainment field um, that hasn't really had, had its moment of reckoning um, and wanted to be like, what, what can I do next? Like I know 
I need to do something with the platform that I have mm -hmm. to do something. And so that's when I called my dear friend, Ted Bunch, right? Um, <laughs> and yes. we, yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, as, as, as you're talking to Helizani, we we're so honored to get the call because, you know, there's um, such important work that needs to be done here. And when we talk about the silence, you know, that silence mm. is synonymous with permission. And it's, and it's also a way that men collude with each other. It's not even on a conscious level, often, right? That, and, and, and we blame women for the violence that men perpetrate. We do that all the time. So to be able to have, be a part of the Courage Fund and this, and this incredible initiative that we're, that, that we're moving forward here mm -hmm. and Tamahasi's vision behind it is really encouraging. And also, when we look at the entertainment industry, like any other industry, it's primarily led by men mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and benefits men and yeah. um, all the leanings, all, all of the leanings, you know, the default settings benefit men and uh, oppress women because that's what male-dominated patriarchal societies do. That's what, how they're built. That's what they're designed to do. Um, but it's also impacting the culture. And anytime we can impact culture with culture is mm. something that mm -hmm. really excites me and across men, and I know that I long walk home also because if folks who are like the Tanahasis of the world and the John Legends of the world mm -hmm. and the Harrison Barnes of the world can start raising their voice and raise awareness, then other men in particular are going to say, oh, maybe I do need to pay attention to this, right? Because that's really what needs to happen. We need to have men who have influence use their platform in the way right. that these men are to impact change. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And when we were uh, talking earlier before the show, um, I was just saying how appreciative I was of, of the work that you all are doing and that you are, to your point, calling people in, not calling people out, which is something that we mm -hmm. use actually in our work at Morton Group when we're talking, as you already mentioned, about racism, right? We're yeah. trying to have conversations. And if we can't have a conversation with you, then we know we can't move the needle on you know, a particular topic. And so shutting people down so that they feel defensive and move into a corner, we're, we're not going to get anywhere uh, in that manner. Um, what are you hoping to have mm. happen um, as a result of uh, the newly announced and Ford Foundation supported, I might yeah. add, uh, the Courage Fund? Yeah. What are you all hoping to accomplish with the Courage Fund? And, and what is it, first of all? Well, uh, the Courage Fund is a, a joint uh, fund between Kaltman and Alama Combe. Um, that one of the things that when we were talking with ta Coates as these two organizations, the lack of resources, mm -hmm. despite the awareness around that has increased assault mm -hmm. that we know about, right? right? Like all these survivors coming forward, all these, um, but yet there's still it hasn't changed the the, the resources and funding. Um, towards particularly black women and girls mm -hmm. around these issues. And so we have uh, developed, you know, um, a fund to support uh, some education as well as to award uh, av advocates um, who've been doing work around sexual assault. For years yeah. with no recognition and little support. Yeah, so mm -hmm. we got our first uh, seed money mm -hmm. um, for from the Ford Foundation, a million dollars. Wonderful, um, which is very, very exciting. Um, yeah, and so we're it's a it's a, we're hoping to raise ten million dollars um, and uh, to do some really work that our community needs. 
And what are you yeah. hoping will happen, Ted, with the, the Courage Fund? Well, I'm hoping that um, that we're able to have platforms such as yours, Mary, and the Morton mm-hmm. Group that we can talk about these things and that we can amplify the message and also bring in more ambassadors and more people who can yeah. become part of the solution, such as the Harrison Barnes and Darren Walker of the Ford Foundation, who's made a uh, who's uh, obviously given a tremendous um, um, resources to start this fund at the million dollars that Shahrazad had mentioned. Um, so uh, really raising awareness is the key for us. And in the black community in particular, and, and honestly, black folks leading the charge around it. Like, no, folks, it's time for us to do something about this, mm. that mm. we have to address the violence that black men, I'm, I'm speaking specifically about the black community, but we want, of course, it's around all men. But when we look at um, um, uh, the initial things that brought this about would be the black community and the entertainment industry. And to really raise awareness for black men because there's so much, I mentioned it before, collusion, there's so much kind of dismissing the experiences of women, seeing that voice as not something that's important, seeing much more important of what happens with black men than what happens with black women, even though when we really flip it, those who are standing at the forefront of things that are happening toward black men are most often black women. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, so 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 um, really raising awareness and then also bringing more resources so that we can expand this yeah. fund, do more campaigns, education, support more survivors and truth tellers because they lose so much. As Shahrazad was in YouTube, they lose so much by telling the truth. People turn their backs on them. They lose opportunity, and um, so we want to help make them whole. That was part of the. The, the vision, from my mm-hmm. understanding, yeah. of Tanahasi to mm-hmm. help repair and help 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 make make um, these truth tellers tell us whole. Um, we talk about reparations, reparations and, yeah. and you know, and this is one way that we can do that as well. Well, mm-hmm. it, it it sounds too that you want folks really to become ambassadors and 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 mm-hmm. for the work, right? And so that people are not bystanders, right? Mm-hmm. You you talk about how mm-hmm. someone will make a comment. I was look again. I was watching uh, a YouTube. Uh, um, video that you were uh, you did a couple of years ago and um, just talked about how many times you know men will say things around other men and it's and it, and in this case it, it needs to be you you know it does probably need to be raised up and to some degree called out right you want to say to your friend that's that's not okay and that's a really okay. hard thing to do mm-hmm. I, I mean it's similar again to what we ask people to do to interrupt racism yeah right just don't that's let it go yeah. and it's uncomfortable to your point it's uncomfortable people you know look at you to give you some side eye um, I've heard people right. do it whether it's about race whether it's about homophobia transphobia um, I was at a party uh, over the summer and someone made um, a comment oh it was a uh, anti they said, well, they were going someplace to shop and they said, well, I'm not going to have someone Jew me down. And I thought I thought I I didn't really hear you say. Well, did you really say that? Mm. Did you really? Yeah, you right. And did you think I wasn't going to say something? Do you not know mm. anything about me mm. <laughs> that yeah. I would yeah. let something like that go? Yeah, it was it was right. just shocking. And it is mm. uncomfortable. But I would have been more uncomfortable had I not said something. And that's what we want, right? We want people to feel like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you've got to say something. You've got to interrupt how we've all been socialized. And to your point, we've all been socialized this way. Um, And and certainly um, men and boys have. Yeah. I mean, gender-based violence impacts us all, right? It impacts every single person. That's exactly right. At this point, we also 
all know survivors. That's right. Right? That's Whether right. we are acknowledging that or not. Mm-hmm. That's right. And That's I think right. it's a moment to, you know, I think ta coach, which I think is so great, um, has even just modeled of what it looks like to use your own resources, your own voice to mm-hmm. make changes. Right. And so I think that's like, you know, I've modeled Ted has modeled that. Right. Like these are um, organizations that were founded on taking something, witnessing something and and transforming it. And so we're just thinking that we're hoping that the average person um, uses whatever tools that they can right. to make change and look at the fact that we are, you know, um, to be upstanders around around gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, I, go ahead, Ted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 I just wanted to give a quick example yeah. because, Great. you know, um, speaking out, mm. yeah, it's a risk. and But it's a risk we have to take, you know. And, mm. and, and if you look at the experience of, the, of, of, the, of uh, black America, the risk that we're taking is the only thing that's moving forward for, for any of us. So there's risks that have to be taken. But at the same time, yeah. if, if we're doing things through, like the Courage Fund, public awareness and raising awareness within the community, within the country in general, then speaking out that does not seem like such an exception. Mm. It's really just saying what's, what our society is expecting. For example, mm. um, 20 years ago, if we, if, you know, drinking and, dri- drinking and driving, you know, 20 years ago, you know, somebody might be get into their, stagger to their car and people would kind of like shake their head and say, gosh, I hope he gets home okay, knowing that he's been drinking. Now, today, if we saw that, we feel compelled to, we have to do something about That's this. Because right. I'm responsible if he gets in that mm-hmm. car and hurts somebody too. We all know how to respond to that. Yeah. We all know to put our seatbelt on because we've been told, you know, my kids grew up that way. I had to learn to put my seatbelt on, right? We didn't do that when I was growing up. So these are the social change things that have to be embedded into our society, into our language, yeah. so that we're thinking about these, these things just as a matter of fact, that if you're you know, going into a building and you don't have a wheelchair-accessible ramp, people have issues with that. Like, what's wrong with, you know, you don't need to get up mm-hmm. and, you know, right. you know what's going on here? Like, you know, people, so, we, so those are the kinds of things that we really need to raise awareness about in the black community and in communities of men, no matter what the community is, around the silence about um, what's what's happening to women and girls in our community, and also the, the um, queer victims in our community as well. Absolutely agree with all those points. And I want to make sure that we leave listeners with some way to get involved. Um, of course, we know your your website is a call to men.org. Mm-hmm. And a long walk home is at a long walk home dot org. That's yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. are are these the places where people can go to your website and uh, you know as you roll out more information about the Courage Fund? Is that going to be the best place to find out um, one what's happening with the Courage Fund, but how people can get involved, right? Because we don't want people just to read about it. We need we need some action. Yes. So, so how is that? Um, it's going to a long walk home. Probably the best website to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, to go to. Uh, yes. I mean, we both have them mm-hmm. on our website, but but you know, a long walk home is really the, the lead in this more mm-hmm. so than we are as far as the. Um, 
capturing all the information. Yeah, the fund is housed um, at a long walk home, mm-hmm. and so just really staying tuned as we develop more. We made the public announcement very recently that yes. you can read about. I know that Salamisha and Ted are actually going to do a conversation around the, oh, the, the Courage Fund in February here uh, in Chicago. Oh, um, and so we're more and more um, will be developing around okay. it. Yeah, Wonderful. And when we get more information, we'll, mm-hmm. we will certainly talk about it here on Living Out Loud. Yay. Ted, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us today. Thank really you. so excited to learn more about your organization and all the work that you're doing. And I, I certainly hope we have a, an opportunity to work together in the future. I do as well. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Sister Shot. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ted. Thank you so much. And you're listening to Living Out Loud, and we're back in a moment. Gina Yashue, comedian extraordinaire. And when I'm in Chicago, I like to hang out with my good friend, Mary Morton, on her fantastic show, Living Out Loud on WCPT. So listen. (laughs) So we're back. um, And uh, yes, that's Gina Yashue, for folks who don't know. And Gina is the showrunner and uh, co-creator for a show uh, that's on Monday nights on CBS, Bob Hart's Abishola. Um, really super funny, uh, and uh, we want to support that work. Um, the show actually is coming to an end. It's the fifth uh, and final season has been announced. Um, they've had a great run. I mean, we don't often see shows about African immigrants mm. on uh, on any show, on any, on any network, and mm-hmm. so I uh, just want to encourage you to check that out. I think it, it will be back in uh, early February. Um, and I'm actually going to go to a, um, a taping of the show in, uh, in February as well. Okay, we are back for the last segment of Living Out Loud, and we have to talk about 
your sabbatical. Uh, yeah. I know, boy, you can just see her face light up when I say the word sabbatical. <laughs> Very exciting. Still I t- unreal. Yes, yeah. I know, but yeah. really important. I took mm-hmm. a sabbatical in 22 for yeah. three months, and um, I came to it um, after having a really long period of work. I was just working. I was doing mm-hmm. several workshops, which I do not as much as I used to, but I still do them. Yeah. And I thought, I need to take a break. Mm-hmm. When am I going to take a real break? Mm-hmm. And then I started to prepare for it. And I know you prepared for yours for almost a year, right? Yeah. 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 So how did you how did you make this decision? Um, well, I made this decision, um, you know, I think uh, I feel I feel like it's a prevention. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our 20th year. Mm-hmm. What do I want for the organization and what do I want for myself? Um I remember my good friend, uh, um, Joanne from Girls for Gender Equity, she mm-hmm. did a sabbatical in tw- 2020. Uh-huh. Um, and she said, Shahara said, this is what I want for you, a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And I said, nice. uh, I don't know. Like, I'm really working in having, like, I had a, had a groove. This is right before the pandemic. I had, like... Started to do my art again. Mm-hmm. I was doing art residencies. I went That's a big like a, deal to be able to yeah. do that and and also be the administrator for oh, an organization. It's, it's, they're the opposite. That's exactly right. Being a creative person That's right. and being an administrator are two separate things. Sides of your brain. Two yeah. different sides of your brain. Exactly. And then 2020 happened in the pandemic. Yes. Where I created these kind of structures, had a healthy kind of systems. And then 2020 happened where I went into overdrive working. Right. So like I was applying for every type of funding. We did research around COVID-19 with our young girls. I created a fund called the Black with a Black Girl Freedom Fund with mm-hmm. Girls for Gender Equity and um, I grant makers girls of color. Uh-huh. Um, so um, and then I between 21 and 2020. Uh, so now I've, I've done at least nine different exhibitions, one in Sierra Leone. It's um, incredible. And so I feel like it's a moment of, of, of a break and needed uh, someone who's had such a, as a co-founder, an identity right. mixed in with what the organization is. And um, what are you going to do? I am going to uh, rest, is what one of the I, people are saying. Please, please, I'm going to please. Rest. I'm yes. Going to put up that bookshelf I never got to put up. <laughs> I am also going to get out of here because I know my own boundaries and I need to travel. That's right. Um, and what a, a better, a good yeah. time to leave Chicago is in February and March. <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> in, in nine days, I'm going to my father's land, which is Trinidad and Tobago, for a whole month. Love Trinidad. And I hadn't been there mm. for more than a week since we were little girls. So. Um, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to hear. I want you to come back and talk about it, okay? Because we need to share the good word about sabbaticals, right? Rest, rest, and more rest. Thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. It was fun, right? (laughs) Just to talk to you. (laughs) Just to have the honor of talking to you. Oh, no, it's been wonderful. I I am such a huge fan of your work and all that you've done. Um, And I'm wishing you lots of rest. But we're going to connect. I'm going to send you a text every now and then to make sure you're resting. Okay, okay, okay. okay. All right, okay. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Devin. Thanks to everyone Uh, for listening today. I want to thank Ted Bunch. Uh, Don't forget to go to A Long Walk Home's um, website, alongwalkhome.org. And check out all that's happening. Um, We will see you next week when Kristen Kaza uh, will be joining me on Living Out Loud. Until next time. (laughs) 
the preceding program, Living Out Loud, was sponsored by Morton Group, LLC, and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of Newsweb Radio Company or its management.